That is the fifth time you've looked at your phone in the last three minutes. <laughs> Sorry. I just... I'm... I, uh... It's okay, Dee. You don't have to worry about it. I understand. Really, I... I don't know why I'm doing it. No? No. Is he texting you? He was. But not anymore? No. Have you responded? Earlier today. Once. But that was it. Do you want to respond now? No. No, I need to let it be right now. I'm... I'm sorry. I'm... I'm being rude. <laughs> it's okay. How was your food? Really good. I can't believe we came here. I'm so underdressed. It's embarrassing. You look great. Really? Yeah, Dee. He kept calling me Dee all night, which was weird. That was the third time I had met with Ricky after moving back in with my parents. I felt wrong for doing it, but Ricky assured me it was just a friendly gesture. He said he'd been in contact with Val as well, so I didn't let it worry me too much. Except, this time we were at a fancy restaurant. And it really felt like a date. Have you talked to him recently? What do you consider recently? I don't know. The last week or so? It's been over a month. Oh. A month? Yeah. Now I felt really guilty. Ricky was Val's friend, but over the years, he became mine too. But this was wrong. I shouldn't be here. You just did it again. What? Looked at your phone. Sorry. Hey, you don't have to be sorry. Really, Dee. I understand. But can I ask a question? Okay. Are you looking to see if he texts you? Or are you looking at the time? I don't... I, I don't really know. Oh. A few seconds of awkward silence ensued until Ricky reached out and put his hand on mine. Oh no. I smiled weakly and slowly pulled my hand free. I was trying not to make it awkward, so in one fluent motion, I reached for the wine and took a sip. It's good, isn't it? I nodded as Ricky grabbed his glass. It's my favorite. I kept the wine glass up to my lips, staring into Ricky's eyes. What the hell was I doing here? Ricky smirked. I took another sip, letting the taste of raspberry, spice, and oak linger on my tongue. The scent was strong, making it that much better. Through the side of my glass, I saw my phone light up again. Another text from Val. But I ignored it and downed the rest of my wine. Seven Lamb Productions presents The Stone House. Episode 8 I fell through the opening into a dark cavern, bouncing off walls and eventually landing in an icy cold pool. The rock I was attached to sunk to the bottom, pulling me with it. 
As I sunk lower and lower, I struggled. Blood poured from the various gashes I received bouncing off the rock walls, the water turning red around me. I couldn't break my bonds. Eventually, the rock that I was attached to hit the bottom of the pool and I stopped descending. But I nearly screamed when I saw where I had landed. Several other bodies, bound, motionless, and decomposing, were all around me. What kind of sick burial site was this? I struggled more, but I couldn't break free. My lungs were burning now. I looked up to see just a bit of light reflecting on the surface. If I didn't do something quick, I would die here, just like the people around me. I looked around the bottom of the pool. The water was clear, but there was nothing, nothing to use. I spun around, tossing my head back to clear my hair from my eyes. I had an idea. I kicked vigorously to reach the rock wall of the pool. I pressed my back and arms against it, feeling. When I found a sharp crevice, I put my wrist against it where the rope wrapped around. I thrust my arms up and down, trying to cut the rope. It wasn't easy, and I couldn't even tell if it was working, but I had to keep going. My lungs were about to burst. If I knew I would be plunged into this icy pool, I would have taken a bigger breath, but everything happened so fast. Eventually, I felt the rope giving way. It was working. I kept running my arms against the sharp rock as fast as I could underwater and behind my back. And after another agonizing 20 seconds, the rope fell loose, freeing my hands. But time was running out. My vision was starting to blur. I wanted to open my mouth. I wanted to gasp for air, but I couldn't. I reached down and grabbed the rope around my ankle, searching for the knot. Eventually, I found it and quickly pulled and twisted, trying to free myself. But as more time went on, the weaker I became. The more my vision began to blur, the darker things got. Don't, Val. Don't give up. Not yet. But I couldn't get my legs free. That's when I noticed the woman's body across from me, her long, dark hair floating freely above her, her complexion pale, her body weightless. I noticed her face, which looked soft around the cheeks, but wrinkled and worn around her eyes, her lifeless white eyes staring at me. And right next to her, a young girl. Oh God, no, not here, Val. You're not gonna die here. I summoned the last bit of strength I had to reach down and yank off my shoes. They plunged to the bottom of the pool while I twisted my feet and yanked, eventually pulling free. I could barely see now. I could feel myself about to black out. No, I swam for the top, towards the glimmering light, scrambled for it, pushing the water behind me as fast as I possibly could until... Oh God. Oh God. What? Oh, Delilah, something terrible's happened. Come quick. No, that can't be. Dear, I saw him fall. What? When? Why would he be over here? I ran along the cliff's edge, staring down into the dark blue water below. Waves slammed against the rock wall. He said he wanted to look for the ring. The one that he threw. What? It wasn't over here. We were farther north along the cliff's edge, close to the forest. 
it was over there. Yes, well, you see that there, that narrow path. He took that. I told him it were dangerous. The path that Gavin pointed to ran along the rock wall, twisting and turning until it came in, slanted at the beach on the south side. I never even noticed the path before, and if Gavin didn't point it out, I wouldn't have even seen it now. That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't he just go back the way he came the other day? We were on the beach. I told him that'd be a better idea, but for some reason, well, he was in a hurry. I told him even I don't use this path much anymore because of the rocks. See, the mist rising from the waves causes- I wasn't even listening to Gavin. I just kept searching the water. I have to get down there! Delilah, wait. No! I have to find him! Yes, I understand your concern. Why do you think I rushed to get you? I heard his yell and then I ran over and he wasn't there. So you didn't see him fall? No, but I can infer. I thought you didn't presume! Do you see him, dear? I have to get down there! I rushed past Gavin, but he reached out and grabbed my arm. Delilah, do you wish to suffer the same fate? Let go of my arm! Don't take the same path. If you follow him, you may fall yourself. You want me to do nothing? You told me my husband is down there! Take the gravel path. The one you and your husband took when you first arrived. Oh, that'll take too long! He rushed too, and look what happened. Let go of me. I pulled from his grasp and ran for the rocky path. Delilah! When I turned the first corner, I saw just how narrow the path was. It hugged the rock wall, allowing for only a good foot and a half of walking space. Several old hooped chains were attached in various spots, and I grabbed them, holding tight as I slowly descended. I kept my eyes on the churning water. Where could he be? Val! As I continued my descent, I noticed the path was missing large chunks of rock, which I was forced to stretch or jump over. Wherever there was a chained handhold, I made sure to use it, but I always tested its sturdiness before putting all my weight in motion. The rock was slippery, and several times I almost fell. Why, Val? Why would you chance this? This path looked like it hadn't been used in decades. I continued to get closer to the water. The path curved back and forth until eventually I was free of the rocky alcove and heading towards the beach. The path opened up, turning from slip rock to gravel, then sand and stone. I breathed a sigh of relief and then turned back towards the alcove. Val! I climbed atop the nearest boulder. It was too slippery, but it gave me a good view. I peered into the water, white with foam. This had to be a dream, right? It had to be a dream. It had to be a nightmare. I had to wake up. Please, let me wake up. <sighs> when I looked back up at the ledge, I could see Gavin there, peering down and shaking his head. I'm sorry, Delilah.
I was freezing. I lay huddled in a crevice, my arms pulled into my shirt. My pants were torn, showing my bruised and bloodied legs. I had used my shirt sleeves to tie around the wounds on my arms. There was just enough light coming from a hole up above, but not the hole I fell through. That was too far up. I had fallen a long way. Honestly, if the pool of water wasn't here at the bottom, the fall would have surely killed me. The cave I was in was small, but near the pool was a rock floor about 20 feet by 20 feet. There was no entrance to this cave, from what I could see. The only one being the hole I fell through. I couldn't believe this was happening. Who the hell was that guy? Did he know Gavin? Did they both live on this island? And if so, why did that strange guy just show up now? While I sat in my damp clothes, shivering uncontrollably, I couldn't help but think about Delilah. What was she thinking? What was she dealing with? I needed to do something. But my body was so torn up, so bruised and battered, so weak, that I couldn't do anything but sit here shaking. In fact, I had been unable and unwilling to move for what felt like hours. There were other bodies in that pool. I couldn't see them from where I sat, but I got a good look while underwater. Gavin and that guy must have done that. I was so confused. Come on, Val, get it together. You can't just sit here all day. Delilah could be in trouble and you'll fucking freeze to death anyway. Get up and find a fucking way out. There has to be a way out. But when I tried to get up, my legs buckled. I slid back down onto the cold, wet rock. My legs were in too much pain and I felt dizzy. My head still throbbed. I had bounced back and forth against rock on my tumble down here, and every inch of my body was in excruciating pain. Okay, Val. Okay. Never mind. Just take it easy. Give yourself some time. You've been through a lot. Just rest a bit more. Then you can look for a way out. I shut my eyes. Yes. Just rest. Just for a moment. That's all you need. You can get out of this. You have to. You have to. Hours had passed, and all I did was walk up and down the coast. Why? Why the hell was this happening? Why would Val take a chance like that? Why wouldn't he go back the way we came? Why? 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 I turned around to see Gavin walking up. I was surprised he came down here, but he must have taken the gravel path, because he was coming from the open beach. My dear Delilah, it's been hours. So? So you should come back with me. It's cold down here. You need to calm yourself and relax by the fire. No. No. Tell me what happened. What do you mean? I told you, dear. No. Tell me everything. 
tell me exactly what happened. Come back to the house. Oh, damn it, Gavin! Tell me what fucking happened to my husband! Watch your language. Tell me what happened to Val. <sighs> I'd hate to sully his name after such an incident, but if you want the truth, I'll give it to you. What happened? Delilah. Your husband woke early. I saw him sitting by the fire. He was beside himself. Some kind of bad dream about, well, about your son. That's what he said. I offered to make him some tea, but what he really wanted was a drink. Gavin's eyes kept drifting to the rolling sea, as if recalling a story of years past. I told him that probably weren't wise, since I know what... Well, I know you most likely wouldn't approve. He agreed with that sentiment, but pushed the issue. He asked if I had anything. I told him I had some wine in the cupboard, but he really shouldn't indulge. And? And, well... It was still quite early. I'd only gotten up to use the toilet, you see, so after we talked, I went back to bed. Not long after did I hear the front door open and close. Gavin took a step closer to me and was now meeting my eyes. Tears continued to slide down my cheeks. So I got up, sun was up, I went outside to see him standing by the cliff's edge. That spot he liked so much. And in his hand was a bottle of wine. It looked nearly empty. Gavin looked up to the cliff. He said, I made Delilah upset. And he rambled a bit, talking about your son, about the trip, about the ring he threw. Frantically ran back and forth, peering down, saying he needed the ring. He needed to find it. Gavin paused a moment, like he wanted me to say something. But I remained silent. He asked how to get down there. I pointed out the old cliff pass. Why? Because it's there, Delilah. But trust me, I warned him. I told him it weren't good no more. But he was frantic, you see. Rambling on and on. I need to get the ring. I have to find it. I need it. I need it. So he ran to the pass. I told him no, but he didn't listen to Lila. He didn't listen. So he rushes to it. Why didn't you try to stop him? I did, dear. But it was too late. He was rushing. I told him to come back and use the other pass. I told him. I told him it was slick and unsteady, but he wouldn't listen at all. And then moments later... Well... I look for him, dear, but you got to understand the water around here is harsh. You can't make mistakes like that. He took another step closer and grabbed my hand. I'm so very sorry. I am. I can't imagine what you're going through. With him so close, I just barely caught the scent of raspberry and spice. Did Gavin have some wine too? Because he didn't mention that. I walked along the soft white sand towards the rolling surf. I saw Dee standing in the knee-deep water. She turned to face me, the wind making her hair cling to her face. She smiled and brushed it aside. 
As I got closer, I noticed... Hunter. He stood in front of her, facing away, facing the open ocean. His tiny hands reached down to slap the waves as they rolled up. My happy place wasn't my happy place anymore. But why? Why couldn't I face him? Why couldn't I just let it be? I stood there on the wet sand, the water barely touching my toes before sliding back, preparing for the next wave. Dee looked my way again, this time holding her hair against her forehead. Her smile slowly turned to a frown. That's when I turned and walked away. He shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be... My eyes slowly opened. A drop of water hit me between my brows. I wiped it away and sat up, realization quickly setting in. I was in the cave. The cave I was cast down into. My body was still cold, sore, and shaking. How long was I out? I noticed my hands and fingers were blue. I rubbed them together. I needed to get my blood circulating. Otherwise, I would freeze in the spot. I forced myself up, using the wall to steady myself. I made my way around the cave, looking and feeling, but it didn't take long to find that there was nothing. I walked over to the wall with a small opening near the top. I could just hear the sound of waves. There was no way to reach it. It was over 15 feet high, and the wall was slick with slime. I turned my attention to the pool. I didn't want to, but I did. I walked over to it, but instead of looking down, I looked up at the hole that led me down here. I could hear the faint sound of wind, but there was no light. I know I tumbled down several twists and turns, and there was no way to get out the way I came in. <sighs> Why was this happening? And who else? I stopped myself. But not for long. I had to see. I had to see who was down there. I took one more step forward and peered down into the crystal clear water of the pool. I trembled at the sight of the four bodies. Each one bound and tethered. Four bodies. What looked to be two women and two men just floating there below the surface about ten feet down in suspended animation. Who were they? And why? Why were they down there? I had to turn away, feeling sick. Then I thought about Dee, and felt even worse. What about her? What would happen to her? I had to get out of here. I had to do something, but how? I was, as Gavin had put it earlier, trapped. I had spent the whole day walking along the coast. I didn't eat. I didn't drink. I just searched for Val. I wanted to throw up. I wanted to cry more. But I couldn't. 
I physically couldn't. I heard someone. I turned to see Noah leaning against one of the wooden chairs. He stared at me, rocking gently on the balls of his feet. Like always, he was silent. Hi, Noah. His gaze dropped to the floor. Noah, did you see what happened to Val? He shook his head slowly. Of course not. Why would he? He was probably in bed. Okay. Gavin came trudging inside with his thick coat. It was almost dark outside. Delilah, I found something. You did? I... He made his way past the couch and over to the dining table. He reached out and slammed a wine bottle hard on the oak. It was empty. It made its way up. I told you, dear. I walked over to the table and grabbed the wet bottle, which still had a bit of seawater in it. I smelled it. There were no traces of spice or fruit or oak anymore. We have to call someone. We have to tell the police. There isn't a way. When does the boat arrive? How many times do I have to tell you? It gets here when it gets here. Then I have to go back out there and look for him! It's almost dark! So what? I can't just sit here! I can't... <sighs> Noah walked over and touched my hand. Hey, boy! Go to your room! <clears throat> Noah ran off and Gavin took a seat. He grabbed my hand and led me to the chair next to him. He leaned forward, locking eyes with me. Val's gone, dear. He's gone. It took him, and if he were to come back, it'd be like that bottle there. It'd be full of seawater. You don't need to see that, so you best stop looking. I remained quiet. After what felt like an eternity, he broke eye contact and patted my leg. Sorry, Delilah. He got up and left the room. Noah, wash up, boy. It's almost time for supper. And just like that, Val was forgotten, and I was left alone by the fire. I don't know what exactly happened here, but I didn't want to believe it. Regardless, I couldn't move. I just wanted to curl up into a ball and die. That was the same pain I felt that day. The pain I never wanted to feel again. The Stone House Written by Robert M. Lamb Edited by Rose Hayes, starring Corey Pettit as Delilah, Robert M. Lamb as Val, Jack Austin as Gavin, co-starring Dennis Caldwell, music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Visit 7lamb.com for more podcasts such as this. This has been a Seven Lamb production.